Well, let's welcome you back to This Week in the Association. I'm Rob Panier, joined once again by my good buddy Kevin Luco. And Kevin, here we are at Game 3 here in Fargo, North Dakota. A huge victory tonight for the Red Hawks as they take a 2-1 to series lead. No doubt about it. The Red Hawks came back home and they got what they needed for pitching tonight. And looks like the offense didn't miss a beat even with John Silviano out of the lineup. Well, Kevin, we're going to be talking about tonight is a great performance by Trent Gar- Tyler Garber. Excuse me. Tyler was fantastic tonight, dominated this contest, and put his team in a position to come away with the victory. He was just brilliant. Um, you know, we didn't know what to expect out of him as uh, it sounded like he was dealing with some arm issues, but maybe the little extra rest was the help that he needed because um, Brower just made it look easy tonight. Well, we were looking for a big performance out of Ryan Zimmerman tonight after that huge 12 strikeout. Uh, outing he had there against Cleburne in game two. It was a scoreless tie through the first inning. Then we get to the second inning, Kevin, and things did not go well, excuse me, in the third inning, excuse me, things did not go well for Zimmerman in that inning. No, it did not. It just seemed like uh, after after he got runners on base, it just seemed like his um, confidence was just shattered. just didn't seem like he he got out of a groove, got behind on batters, and it um, ended up costing him. Well, it started out with Christian Correa leading off of the single. Who had another big night for this team. He has really had quite the series here. That brought Peter Maris to the plate, who winds up drilling a two-run shot. And not only did Maris get his team on the board, but that seemed to be a kind of uh, a snowball effect against Zimmerman after that, Kevin. Yeah, it was. Uh, it looked like on Correa's single that um, Zimmerman was. Uh, he's kind of looking back like he was questioning whether you should have thrown a curveball in that situation. And then uh, Maris, he got behind 3-1, had to come in with um, something good, and Maris deposited onto Albrecht Avenue. Well, it's not surprising either, Kevin, because Maris has been a guy who's had just a phenomenal season, especially down the stretch, that he came up with a big hit like that. It was not surprising to either one of us at all. No, and, you know, with uh, Silviano up, all of the lineup, you know, I think we discussed it after the game Sunday, you know, Not one person is going to replace Silviano, but um, everybody can do a little bit more, and you saw that with Bears with the big two-run home run. Well, at that point, things started to really go against Ryan Zimmerman. Let me get back here. Here we go. (laughs) We we, we pick up after... Man, I'm having a little trouble with my screen here. There we go. Now we're back on on the action over here. I'm sorry about this, folks. My screen is being a little difficult with me. There we go. So after giving up the two-run homer to Drew to Peter Maris, Drew Ward winds up drawing a walk. That brings Leobaldo Pena to the plate. He flies out to right field. It looked like Zimmer got, Zimmerman had kind of gotten himself back into the swing of things there. But a base hit to Manuel Boscon and a, a walk to Alec Oland loaded the bases up, and that would be it for Zimmerman tonight. Yeah, well, you know, very disappointing. And like I said, it just seemed like as soon as he got runners on base, it seemed like that shattered the confidence and he just never got on track again, unfortunately, for him. You know, and it's one of those things, too, Kevin, that you and I were talking about as we were sitting there in the stands discussing this, is Zimmerman has been a guy that, you know, once he gets in a groove, he's very difficult to hit. But when things start to go against him, it's it's very easy for him to get himself out of his game. Yeah, just as, you know, just, he's still... Considering how many years he's pitching the league, I still consider him to be a pretty young pitcher experience-wise, and um, it showed tonight. Miles uh, Smith came on to relieve for Zimmerman. He winds up giving up a wild pitch that uh, moves the runners up. Uh, Sam Dexter then walks. That brings Evan Alexander to the plate. He strikes out. 
Nick Novak is the next batter. He's taking over basically for John Silviano. Comes up with a big two-run single, Kevin, to drive home two more runs, making this a 5 nothing game. Yeah, you know, Novak is one of those guys, too, in that Fargo lineup that he has produced whenever he's been given a chance. And, you know, they really needed it tonight with Silviano out, and uh, Novak managed to get one between first and second and scored a pair of runs. Well, meanwhile, uh, Tyler Grauer is pitching absolutely fantastic. He's got a no-hitter through four, no-hitter through five. As a matter of fact, a perfect game to that. He's just dominating this contest. Uh, Fargo does add one more run for him in the bottom of the fifth inning. Let me get myself to the bottom of the fifth inning. There you go. Uh, we wind up having a, a Alec Olin strikes out. Uh, then Sam Dexter's singles. That brings out Evan Alexander, who draws a walk. After a ground out moves, both runners up. Christian Correa walks. And again, Correa was a guy that you would think at the bottom of the order, hit 199 during the regular season, that he'd be a guy that they could kind of feel was an automatic out. But boy, he sure has just continued to keep this batting order moving forward. And you look at it tonight, four times at, at bat, and he reached twice on a single and a walk. That brings Maris to the plate, who winds up drawing a six-pitch walk, uh, working the count full before finally drawing a walk to drive home another run. An incredible play on this too, Kevin, because oh, the, ball, definitely, yes. the ball gets away from Sanchez. It's still in play. It was a wild pitch. It was going to be ball four, so that allowed Maris to reach. But Sanchez, alertly enough, is able to turn around and fire to third and winds up gunning out Alexander, who'd gone just a little bit further than off third than he should have. Yeah, you know, Alexander was entertaining thoughts of um, advancing all the way home and got to be wandering a little bit too far off a of third and uh, you know Sanchez just made a great throw to third base and short circuited what it could have been a huge um, inning for Fargo. You know and it's funny watching him too Kevin because the play happened right in front of the two of us and you could see Sanchez was it looked like to us that he was waiting for his pitcher to kind of get to home plate to ensure that there wasn't a runner to come home but he was looking to third the entire time and caught Alexander napping. It was a pretty eventful night for Sanchez behind the plate. I mean he took um Took a, I believe it was a foul ball to the nether regions, and one batter later takes one off the mask, and I was feeling sorry for him. The poor guy was taking a beating behind the plate, but he stuck with it and made a big play to sort circuit a Fargo rally. So Grower carries that perfect game into the sixth, gets uh, Sanchez to fly out to begin the inning. That brings Carl Chester to the plate, who finally ends the perfect game, Kevin, with a single to make it, uh, to give Milwaukee their first base runner of the night. Yeah, it was a, and I thought it was a great, great gesture on the part of the Fargo fans to recognize that um, how far Grower had taken the perfect game into the sixth inning. So, um, but you know, he it didn't didn't phase him at all. He retired um, Jeremiah Burks and Brian Torres to end the inning and got Fargo back in the dugout, still with a six nothing lead. In the eighth, Grower had had a shutout to the seven innings. It looked like because this last his last start of the season. But hats off to Anthony Renz, who decided to just leave him in the contest and give him that opportunity to get the shutout. Miguel Gomez leads off the top of the eighth with a single. After uh, Grower is able to get Aaron Hill to fly out, that brings Hector Sanchez to the plate, who doubles into left field. That sends Gomez into third. Next up is Chester, who singles into center field. That breaks up the shutout. Fantastic performance for Grower after walking Jeremiah Burks. His night was over, Kevin. It was, um, yeah, everything they could ask for out of Grower. And, you know, if this is his last time pitching for Fargo-Moorhead, he left a lasting impression. But, they, you know, you look at that inning, and 
you know, when Crowder left, bases were loaded. It was a it was a six to one game at the time, and two more big hits by Milwaukee, and they could have been right back in this. Well, they turned to Luke Lynn, Kevin, who's struggled a little bit in these playoffs, but he was fantastic. He gets Brian Torres to fly out to left field, then gets Logan Trowbridge to ground into a fielder's choice to end the inning. You know, it's one of those guys you, you they've been depending on all season to come up with big innings, and boy, he didn't probably have a bigger outing this entire year. Yeah, and I think that um, Fargo needed that. The bullpen um, at, at times has been shaky during this um, playoff run, but um, Lynn came up and... Got two huge outs, uh, retiring the first and second batters in the Milwaukee lineup to end the Milwaukee rally. You know, and I think the biggest part of that too, Kevin, is that they didn't have to use Alex DeBoard tonight at all. So, you know, it's a, he's... Oh, Jordan Mayer never out. entered the game either. He was someone they've been relying heavily on too. Bottom of the eighth, Fargo gets that run right back. Uh, Juana Chaveria comes in, winds up getting the first two batters if he's able to get ground outs, but gives up a single to Manuel Boscon. Then a wild pitch moves uh, Boscon in the second before Alec Olin singles into right field, driving home Boscon, extending the lead to 7-1. It was at that point that you pointed out to me that the winner of every one of these games came away with seven runs. It's just like Vegas, got to roll seven, and um, so far the winning team in each one of these games has rolled a seven. So, so let's look at tomorrow night. Scored seven <laughs> runs, we got the game. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. In the ninth, uh, Milwaukee able to add one more run, Kevin, as Keon Barnum hits his second home run of the series, second in as many games for the club. Just a blast over the right field wall. A little bit too late for this club, though. Yeah, I think it's still heading to like eastern Manitoba as we're talking right now. <laughs> well, the, I think the one thing that I took out of that, Kevin, is that that was a shot off of Luke Lynn. So he got the big outs in the inning, but it's another one of those things that he's still giving up runs for the Red Hawks. But, you know, he's given up a solo home run to a guy that's a heck of a home run hitter. So, and there's nobody on base. So, you know, you, you know sometimes you got just got to tip your hat to the batter, but um, it wasn't a situation where that home run got Milwaukee back in the game. It was just, just uh, another run for the scorecard. So Grower tonight, Kevin, seven and a third innings, gives up four hits and a walk, six, strikes out six, one earned run scored against him. He comes away with the victory. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman takes the loss, gives up five runs in two and a third innings. He walks two, strikes out three. Obviously, the starting pitching was the difference in tonight's contest, and that's why the Red Hawks are up two to one. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about this time of year is what teams um, can get the, the best starting pitching in. You know, Fargo just got a big-time performance out of a big-time pitcher. You know, we talk about the heart of this order for, for the Red Hawks, Kevin, and how good they are. So Maris, Ward, Pena, Boscon, and Alec Olin, who's been a fantastic addition to this club right now. So Maris with a run and three RBI. Uh, Drew Ward scored a run for them. Leo Balopena had two hits. Boscon with two hits, scored two runs, drove in a run. Alec Olin with an RBI and scored a run. Uh, you know, you're, you're asking your stars to come up big at this time of the year, and that's what they got from the top of the order here tonight. Yeah, and I think they should be encouraged. Um, every, everybody but Drew Ward got a hit tonight, and you had three guys with two hit games, including Sam Dexter, who's hitting 182 in the playoffs. So it's an encouraging sign if uh, Dexter can contribute too, as uh, Fargo-Moorhead needs one more victory to win the Miles Wolf Cup. <laughs> Tomorrow night, Kevin, we'll be looking at Peyton Wigginton going for Fargo. I believe that it's going to be Christian Young who will wind up going for the Milwaukee. We don't know that for sure. It is TBA, but we're just going to guess and 
Well, we'll probably be wrong if we've been most of the series <laughs> when it comes to the starting pitchers. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. It's a do-or-die situation for Milwaukee. Could we see A.J. Shugo on three days rest? That's, that's a very good possibility. I, I think the one thing you're looking at is if it is a Christian Young who pitched okay in, in the, uh, the, the uh, one playoff start that he has had in, the, in round one. We haven't really seen much of him since, but... Uh, they didn't use Frankie Bartow tonight. You didn't use Rodrigo Benoit at all. Uh, you didn't use Kyle Huckabee. You didn't use Peyton Gray. So this entire bullpen is pretty wide open for them. And so, um, you know, you got to feel if, if Young is in any kind of a trouble, who want, whoever goes for them tomorrow, whoever is in any kind of trouble, they have a bullpen that's ready to go. Yeah, when you look at it, Rodrigo Benoit has not pitched in this series at all. Yeah, so, you know, here's, here's a guy that uh, – you know, was their closer, and it's good for three innings if they really need him. I mean, they used him in that way. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if you're looking at two or three innings out of him if they feel like the situation justifies it. Absolutely, and you know, as as you talked about, do or die tomorrow. They got to come away with the victory if they want to keep the series going. So, you know, if you need to use your closer for three innings, well, that's what you got to do to get out of there. As you look into this game, Kevin Peyton Wigginton has maybe been the best starter outside of AJ Shugel in the playoffs so far. What what are you looking for for tomorrow night's contest? Oh, I think uh, Fargo's got to feel good about the position they're in. Um, Wigginton is a young pitcher, and, and but in spite of that, he's had two starts in the playoffs thus far, and has pitched very well in both of them. I believe he's got had wins in both of his starts, so I don't think he's going to be too faced by the situation and. Fargo, just, they just need to do what they did tonight. Just get the big hits when they can, be, have good at-bats and play, draw the walks if you need to, and just um, peck away. And like we said, seven runs seems to do the tr trick every game. For Milwaukee, on the other hand, I think they need to score early and get to feeling good about themselves. If you look at it now, they've lost two games in a row, and they've been outscored 14-5 uh, in the process. So I think it's key for... Milwaukee to try to get an early lead and and build on it and get themselves to a game five. I believe if I'm correct, Kevin, the team that scored first has won every one of these three games. So you got to get out there and get your victory, if, and that starts by getting on the board first. So that's obviously key to this contest. Uh, I think a lot of pressure falls on that Milwaukee staff. You know, they, they just cannot give up early runs to these Red Hawks, and that's been a challenge for them over the last couple of games. It's been when they've given up runs, they've kind of come in bunches. Actually, I think that's been kind of the tale of the series. You know, nobody's scoring one run at a time. It seems like it's four or five runs that are coming in and in inning. So d reducing the damage, I think, is the key for tomorrow night's contest. And that's, a, you know, what got Milwaukee to this point was not necessarily their starting pitching, but their deep bullpen going in, going in and holding teams down. And that's what they're going to need tomorrow night. I think, like we said with Christian Young, I think at the first sign of trouble, you may see Anthony Barone go to his bullpen. Let's keep in mind, too, that Carson Kowalczyk came off the inactive list. and uh, So I don't know what kind of shape that he's in or ready to go, but uh, and if you activate him, I'm assuming that they will turn to him if, it, if, he's, uh, if they need, need be. So we'll see how that winds up going. Well, uh, tomorrow night, Kevin and I will either be talking to you about a continuing series for Game 5 on Thursday night, or we'll be celebrating with the champion. Uh, so uh, join Kevin and I tomorrow evening. For Kevin Luco, I'm Rob Panier. We will see you next time on This Week in the Association.